following podcast contains mild swearing and some half-truths. And is off the record, isn't it, Fat Larry? Oh, completely off the record, yeah. Great. Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are you lads? Con Mort here. Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking. Just wanted to say, uh, Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do Pope Francis here. Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello folks, how do? You're very welcome to Season 4, Episode 9 of the Mayo Are Back Podcast. And what a time it is to be alive, folks. I woke up last Sunday morning full of excitement. I said, Mayo are playing Roscommon in a Connacht semi-final in the middle of fucking November. This is what life is about from now on. Give it to me. Give me all of it. I absolutely love it. I never thought I'd be as aroused and just overjoyed and overcome with emotion watching this Mayo team play in the back depths of winter. I've been there for FBD campaigns down throughout the last number of numerous number of years, but seeing it now on a championship front, it's a whole new ball game. I'm joined today by my accomplice and my good comrade, Fat Larry. Fat Larry, how are you feeling about all things Mayo at the moment? How do to you, TJ? How do do to all of you at home, guys? It's great to be back again so soon. Um, it's an unbelievable um, time to be alive. It's as simple as that. We're half-baked now between a game between Roscommon and now a game against Galway at the weekend. You know, these are, I suppose, as a an inbred Mayo GA podcaster, they're kind of the situations you dream of being in really you know where you're just recording podcasts week on week you know you're in a constant state of mayo flux and mayo fever is just really taking over at this stage so these are you know the best of times folks and i would encourage you all just to really enjoy it and soak it in I absolutely agree with you, Fat Larry. One of the, I suppose, complaints thrown at this podcast down through the last few years is that maybe we've had too much time to do the podcast or to think about these type of things. But now we don't have that problem. Now it's sort of, you know, it's week-on-week football matches, it's week-on-week podcasting, and we feel we're getting really into our stride now at this stage. Well, the thing that's been thrown at us from, you know, all corners of the county and beyond over the last number of years, you know, particularly going back towards 2016, you know, we were often, you know, told that we were, you know, gone off the boil during the National League and kind of, you know, it was been said that maybe we weren't taking the Connacht Championship too seriously as well. But frankly, this year, it's, you know, it's a completely different ball game. You know, it's knockout podcast and you got to put your best foot forward and you really can't leave anything to chance. You know, if you're going to be inbred about something or half-baked you've just got to come straight out and say it because there might not be a next time you know so you've got to put it all out there and just hope that it goes well you know just like the Mayo team we implore them to leave it all on the pitch on Sunday myself and Fat Larry here this evening we're going to leave it all in your ears and you know TJ when we're you know experienced Mayo podcasters you know we've been around the block many times we've been there we've done it we know how it's done you know it's not about you know, preparation time or anything like that. It's just about, you know, getting the job done and, you know, getting on to the next challenge straight away because, you know, we've nothing left to prove. All we have to do is, you know, just get over the line. And funnily, you should actually mention the Mayo-Galway game. You know, you'd nearly forget, really, that there is actually a, a Mayo football team because, frankly, I'm just so engrossed in, you know, everything around the football rather than the football itself. I have to agree with that sentiment completely, Fat Larry, and say that the football, for me, is playing such a minuscule role in the whole thing. In terms of tactical analysis, tactical nuances, positions, formations, set pieces, tactics, couldn't be arsed dealing with any of that kind of crack or even talking about it or entertaining it. We're here to talk about much more significant issues like how are the Mayo players looking from an aesthetics point of view? How are they, you know, how are they wearing their hair these days? Do they have the little bit of pizzazz that we're looking for in these sort of young guys? And by all accounts, any of our listeners who tuned in for last week's podcast would have realised that this time last week, we were as fully half-baked and as fully unwell as we've ever been. Almost smitten with some of these young male boys. But 
you know, it hasn't been all one-way traffic during the week. Some of the things we saw last weekend disappointed us and we'll go into that in a lot greater detail over the course of this as we flesh out this great discussion this evening. And I think... On that point, TJ, you know, you have to commend the Mayo players because it would be, you know, easy to suggest that a winter championship, you know, you could say that maybe, and you could excuse some of the players if they weren't looking their best, you know, they might be carrying that little bit of winter fat, which they might always do, or, you know, they haven't got, obviously, the the good weather, you know, Audio Shea doesn't have his, well, his natural tan, I'm sure he'll find another way around that, but you've got to commend them, you know, they are looking well for a team who's playing football in November, and are looking better than most of the teams in the in the country at the minute, aesthetically anyways. So you'd have to think that, you know, if you were handing out All-Ireland medals in the morning for good looks, you know, we'd have a real chance of winning that. And we thought, and we said on the last podcast, if you were listening, that we thought that the Mayo-Roscommon game would essentially come down to that. A battle of who is the better looking team on the field. And if you're going to rate it by that you're never going to give Roscommon a chance. We're talking about ugly, ugly inbred guys who stood no chance when it came to some of the, in particular, the young and more fabulous players on this team. But we didn't have it all our own way. When you look at somebody like Leroy Keegan, Fat Larry, I've been quite outspoken about this this year, and I'll say it again, that he really has let himself go. Would he not shave for a championship match? Now, he's obviously a guy that likes to get the shave done while he's at the barbers. So the barbers are closed, means he can't get anything shaved, he can't get anything trimmed. Maybe he's trying to look like Father Christmas with this winter championship. Maybe he wants to have a beard as long as Santa Claus by the time that Aidan O'Shea empties his sack with Sam in it onto the green of the mall on the 20th of December, sir. Well, I think up to now, Leroy would have always, you know, seen himself as being, you know, kind of a gorgeous fella and, you know, kind of fabulous as well, you'd have to say. Mm. But maybe he's kind of saying at this stage now, you know, there's a, a bit of fresh blood in there. You know, he's moved from the half back line back to the corner back position. He's kind of, he's embracing that inbred look and it's kind of, you know, manifesting itself on the way he's playing the game as well. You know, he's not bowing forward as much. You know, he was back there the last day tormenting Roscommon uh, corner forwards and he's just kind of going about it in a kind of a quiet way. And I think, you know, He's a guy that, you know, we're going to need to be, you know, really tough and inbred now with the big battles coming ahead. You know, you you want to see Leroy. You don't want to see him up, you know, charging up the field. Leave that to the good looking lads. You want him back there really, you know, getting right fucking stuck into these guys now. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him now getting right riled up and kind of you know, very aggressive with these Galway forwards on the weekend. Look, James Horn and himself have probably sat down and concocted this plan whereby you want your fabulous, most fittest, finest looking players operating around that middle third. So Leroy, if he's going to be playing in the corner, it's more or less him giving the two fingers to James Horn and to the Mayo public at large and saying, if you're putting me in the corner, I'm not going to be looking my best. And I think that is the first of many disgraces that we will be pointing out over the course of this podcast. I'm sure there will be many more to discuss as we go on. But one thing that I think we must mention before we do and before we move on from the Roscommon game, you know, it's kind of... People have often said here, you know, that if you're, you know, if you're if you're looking for, you know, analysis on Mayo teams, you know, don't go near the Mayo or back, lads, because you're not going to get it off them. But let's have a couple of facts here now. On this podcast last week, we said that Mayo would win the game comfortably, and they did. So there you go. That's one. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, said that Owen McLaughlin was one of the, you know, the most half-baked players that we've ever had in the county. He put in an absolute mountain of work the last day. And for me, was one of our key performers. You know, the way he opened up the space there for the Mayo goal. Fabulous, you know. Um, so there you go. That's another uh, piece of good analysis from us. And I think, you know, we've always been massive fans of Tommy Golds, Conroy, here. And, you know, we earmarked him last week on this podcast. Um, and he had an absolute stormer. So if you're looking for your tactics and you're looking for your analysis, um, you're in the right place, I think. So I'd stay tuned. You said it, Fat Larry, Kevin McLaughlin's younger brother, Owen, is a stunning halfback. And I think those that didn't know that would have realised that during the Roscommon game last weekend. And McLaughlin as well would have been a former teacher of Owen. So he obviously got him in the classroom there. And he really, 
you know, he had his PowerPoint, he had his the inbred how to be an inbred textbook, which obviously he would have taken off um, players who would have played probably Andy or someone in his earlier days. And it's nice to see you know the older statesmen of the team, you know the old guys like Kevin McLaughlin, Killian O'Connor is now obviously a very old player. Um, you know, even you could even suggest Stephen Cohen now is a very old player in terms of you know the demographic of this team. So it's just nice to see those guys are kind of passing the the inbred bible on to those coming behind them. Do you know? Now I might jump onto that point there, Fat Larry. You mentioned Stephen Cohen and it's a guy who's come in for some fierce criticism on this podcast and on many podcasts over the course of the and last from, number of from years. From yours truly, one of the biggest critics you'll have. Present company, sure. very much included. But, you know, it seems to me that both himself and I'm going to put another man into this category, Conroy Loftitz, the two of these guys, they're playing with a new sort of pizzazz. You know, they spent the first 10 or 12 years of their career on the ones to watch list. And this year and was the first year that nobody was watching them and nobody was really expecting anything from them. And yet they've come out playing some of the finest, most fabulous football we've ever seen. Two of the things that... Again, they'll be calling us hypocrites, they'll be calling us inbreds, we'd love it if they did, but they'll be giving out about the fact that we've been calling it like we see it for too long. And we always saw Stephen Cohen going laterally. The one thing we wanted to change, we wanted him to move in a more linear fashion. We've got our linear Cohen this year, it's great to see. Conroy Loftitz, the problem with that fella was, he had the socks up too high. Now that the socks are down, it's the new attitude, the new mentality, and it's serving him well. He's able to do the rough and tumble in the midfield. He's able to mix it with the big guys. And just while we're on the midfield, Fatlar, you want to allude to something again that has been, you know, so well received after the last podcast. Possibly the, one of the most influential lines in the last podcast. Absolutely. You, you know, we mentioned it here last week. You know, we were really... You know, I suppose we were fucking giving out about him, really. But, you know, it's just because we really think so highly of him here at Mayo. We're back and we were trying to, you know, light the f- bit of a fuse under his arse to get him going. And that was, you know, uh, the young Bravey lad, Matty Ruan, who, you know, is a f- he's a fine fella. You've got to say, he's just fabulous. Mm. And he's not just a fabulous fella. He is also a fabulous footballer. Now... Having said that, one thing I do love about following this Mayo team is that, you know, when you're in the stand, be it in Dr. Hyde Park or McHale Park or the Gaelic Grounds or wherever you might be, it's always nice, you know, if a player, you know, kicks a bit of a wide or does something wrong that you can kind of get on his case. You know, and one thing that I was delighted to hear in the Mayo team the last day is when Matty got forward, he kicked... Well, he actually ballooned a ball over into the graveyard behind the goal in Hyde Park. Now, there was no fans there to say, ah, fuck it, Matthew, what are you doing? Because that's what he'd be used to, you know, from the stand, be it in Brafie or in uh, in the Mayo jersey. But it was nice to hear, you know, his players were giving them that bit of encouragement and just keeping them grounded. Because I think it's important to keep these young players grounded. And speaking of young players as well, you know, I think while you could also say that Loftus and Cohen have been a little bit lost, I mean, in the case of Cohen... You know, up to now, he probably hasn't known what his role is, where he really fits in with this Mayo team. So we, you know, appreciate that he has been on the team for years and years and years. But it's one of the great Mayo paradoxes that he's also one to watch. And I think until this guy is 45 years of age, he's always going to be one to watch in this Mayo team. Now, I think that James Horn. James Horgan should be given fierce credit for this, Fat Larry, because he's the one that, when he came in, he wanted to breed the fresh blood. He wanted to get some fresh blood into him. And Mm -hmm. he really threw the net far and wide and he searched for players in all three corners of Mayo. And he's able to uproot and unearth some fabulous footballers from both the north, the south, and indeed the west of the county. Now... What we seem to have picked up on the last while, this kind of vibe, is that players from East Mayo aren't worth a shite. And there has been people in some quarters calling for East Mayo to be ceded back to Roscommon. You know, such is Mayo's strength in the relationship with Roscommon. We're so, so, so much better than they are that something has to be done for a little bit of fairness and a bit of clarity. And if that was us saying, look it, you can have everywhere from Swinford and Kilchema over, apart from Keith Higgins. Deal. Hmm. 
I mean, if you look at this Mayo team, you just go through it club by club. Balahadreen, for a start, you have, you know, um, the Ostrich Kniff, nowhere to be seen. Siobhan Akram, nowhere to be seen. Cuba McBride is off the panel as well, despite having a great game, you know, against Galway and Tume Stadium. Young Adney Morning can't get a look in. Fierce Handy can't get a look in either, despite having a great club championship. So that's Balahadreen. Charlestown, Tom Persons is gone, no sign of him. Too gorgeous for the Mayo team, some would say. He was feeling jealous of the younger players and had to walk away because he just felt threatened by his, you know, his position was under threat, I suppose, from these guys. Swinford, well, you'll never find fucking anyone from Swinford to play for the Mayo team. Ahamore, they're all off. I don't know what they're at. Fergal Boland. I don't know what's the story with him. You know, some people are just saying that he's kind of, he was too physical to play for the Mayo team. Brendan Harrison, do you think he's focusing on the fishing this year as opposed to the football? You'd have to think so. Like, I mean, I know we're in peak fishing season at the minute and people are trying to get the, you know, the catch in in time for Christmas. So we can only assume Brendan is out on the boat. And if he is tuning in from the boat, we'd like to wish him all the best and hope to see him back next year. You know, other than that then, I mean, you're only left with, you know, I suppose, Keith Higgins in Ballyhawness and then Kilchema. But sure, we've enough losers in the Mayo team as it is. Why do we need any players from there? Good score, buddy! Good This is heartbreaking. It's a free from Terry right in the middle of the pitch. Who's been fouled? Brian Sheehan. Who's the person who'll take it? Brian Sheehan. Who's the best long-range kicker on the Kerry team? Brian Sheehan. He has stolen the yard or two. Watch him. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. That's Kerry Hurism as they want to say. look at Brian Sheehan What those in capital letters. Kerry to win it with Brian Sheehan. Sheehan, he oh, does. Oh, white, go white, go white, go white. It's all over. Full time. It's all over. Oh, oh, have to do it all over again next Saturday evening. Back one more time. Get back. Get back. Back to where you once He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. Get back, Joe. That game had everything that you want to see except a male win. Now, I have just something written in my notes, Fat Larry, before we completely move off the Roscommon game. It, it just says in my notes here that Roscommon, ball of shite. Would you agree with that sentiment? Well, we said it here last week and we, you know, we called it as we saw it. Not because we're, you know, exceptionally good um, GA analysts or anything like that, but the old saying that some things just don't change. And in fairness to Roscommon... It's a lovely, healthy rivalry. They'll give you a bit of a game. They'll kind of show you a little bit what you're about. And then they will just either stand aside or usually bend over. And that was the case in Hyde Park again the last day. You know, loads of promise, loads of, you know, good players. But they just seem to lack that bit of spunk that you need, you know, to go to the next level. But in fairness to them, as we said, it's a healthy rivalry. You know, we talked about Paddy Joe last week. Lots of friends of this podcast, of course, come from Roscommon. We probably have more friends from Roscommon than we do from our own country here. So, lads, if you're listening, we'd like to commiserate with you and hopefully now you'll be back next year. But as we always say here, it's just nice to get a scalp over a Division One county, isn't it? Oh, big time. I see them like a, just a big litrum that gets in your way when you're trying to drive up to Dublin. That's how I view Roscommon. But you're right, Fat Larry. It's good to get a scalp any time you play any of these teams. And, you know, any chance we have of beating them comes when we're away from our own home. As we always said, Mikhail Park is a shackles around our neck that is constraining us not only financially, but also in terms of our success. We can't buy a fucking win there. But you drop us into Hyde Park, you send us up to Pork Sean. We're on a tour of Connacht now and nothing is going to stop us. By the time we land in Pierce Stadium next Sunday, we're going to be right riled up and ready to go. 
And we're looking for tough, tigerish defensive displays from the start. We want men pulling and dragging out of them. We want lads getting down and dirty right from the get-go. And we want to see this Mayo team in all its sexy glory. But if any of this Mayo team are listening, and before their heads get any more inflated, if your heads get any more inflated, you won't be able to have them up your arses. So we're going to keep you a little bit grounded here and say that, as sexy as this Mayo team is, it wouldn't be my favourite. It wouldn't be my favourite of the last 20 years, Fat Larry. Well, it's funny you should say that because as I've always said, where you want your Mayo players to be come kind of championship time, you want to see them with their head up their arses, as you said. That's where you want them to be because, you know, when a Mayo player when a Mayo player's head is up their arse, you know, that's when they're a real dangerous animal. You know, they've got that confidence just to kind of, you know, swat aside these Galways and Roscommons, as they should be, you know, because we are a superior footballing county, you know. So that's a good position. Now, as you said, you don't want to get too inflated because if it doesn't fit, well, that's a problem um what was your question my question was is this mayo team even sexy this mayo team is it sexy yes is it the sexiest oh no, no. oh god no, no and i want to divulge on that because last sunday morning i woke up early about 6 a.m just getting myself in the mood for the big game and I always go through a bit of a routine of watching old Mayo videos just to jizz myself up a little bit in the morning of the match day. I came across a video from 2001, a Connacht final between Mayo and Roscommon. And, oh wow, guys, I know I can remember the day well. I was long in the tooth back then. I'm even longer in it now. But, you know, Moshin Mullins, Mark Moore, stepped to one side. Actually, fuck off, because... You're not a patch on 2001's Kieran McDonald. We're talking about a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus operating on the centre-forward line, pinging balls outside of the left. An absolutely outrageously good player. And one thing that I'd like to comment on back then, that's as true now as it was back then, Kieran Mack, shortly after that, was abused by the Mayo supporters so much that he walked off the panel. And... It's disappointing that we can't have fans at the games this year because you never know who the Mayo fans could convince to walk off the panel this year. We have a very stellar record of forcing out players that we don't like or managers that we don't like down through the years. But we're not there anymore and we don't have that influence. And I thought it was quite remarkable, Fat Larry, to see this Mayo team playing what can be only described as a patient brand of keep the ball football. Very sensible and smart in an attacking sense. That disgusted me to my core. And if I was at the game and I saw them keeping the ball in and around that 45 metre line, I would be shouting at them, Let the fucking thing in, ye bastards! And I mean, the fact that there was no fans there, they didn't have the fans' emotional insecurities and the fears that we have as a fan base, I think that this suits this Mayo team down to the ground. If you keep the fans away from us, from it, and you just let the lads play their game, we have every fucking chance. Oh, absolutely, TJ. And just, I suppose, to maybe return back to the original question for a second there. Um, This was a very sexy Mayo team on the day. And you know it's a sexy team when the manger is the sexiest member of that team. So if you look down to the team, you've got Pat Holmes, who, of course, managed Mayo on his own. We'll talk about the Homelli curse again later, but you got Pat Holmes, the manager, Noel Kennelly, the captain. I'm looking down to the team sheet here in front of me. This is 2001, Fat Larry, so a lot of listeners will know Pat Holmes was not bald at this stage. He actually had hair longer than Oshin Mullins on the sideline that day. Mm, like, you're looking at the, a Mayo team. You know, people always say, well, who's Mayo's sexiest big player? And, you know, you're kind of blowing Mayo supporters would say, Aidan O'Shea. Mm. Wrong. This... The best-looking Mayo midfielder to ever play was Pat Fallon. Oh, this oh, guy was... Sound man. Sound, our sound man, Pat Fallon, who was from, you know, an absolute footballing hotbed of Bal, who, of course, are now right in vogue again. But just looking down to the team, you had guys like Morris Sheridan, Colm McMenamin, Marty McNicholas. Oh, my goodness. You talk about these brafey players, you know, you know, you talk about the O'Shea's and Hanelli and Matty Ruan and these guys. But Marty McNicholas, like, he was getting on Mayo teams when he didn't have his dad getting him on the panel. You know, so that just shows what a good footballer he was. It was a different you era. Know. 
Very different era. But those names, you're right, Fat Larry, they roll off the tongue. And I don't know if he's there. Was he starting on the day or was he just about to burst all over the scene? No, he was. Midfield. Look at him there. The tarmac master himself, Trev Mort. So I was just, I suppose I was talking to a few inbreds during the week about this one. You know when people kind of say to you, you know, well, how much of a Mayo inbred are you? Or like, you know, it's like, do I have Mayo fever? Yes or no? Well, give me an example. What happens, you know, when you have Mayo fever? Well, during the week, I actually found myself, I went into a bit of a rabbit hole, TJ. I'm not going to lie to you. I spent about an hour and a half looking through uh, Trevor Mortimer's Twitter account. Now, Trevor doesn't promote himself as a footballer. He just puts puts up pictures of Tara McAdam jobs that he does around Mayo and Galway. And I have to say, you know, when you're when you find yourself doing that, you know you're a half bake, you know, when you start doing stuff like that. But I have to say, some of the finest jobs you'll ever see, you know, real good tarmac and he you know, he builds a lovely wall and kind of cleans houses there with a the nice finish and no, you know, it's fabulous. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it that Trev Mortimer supplies a very smooth finish. And he does it on both sides of the border as well, which he must be commended for. Well, he is down there in the real war zone. That is, I suppose, the area that we want to highlight this week. Whereas last week, Balahadreen was our Gaza Strip. I suppose we're going to talk about areas like the Neil, the Kilmaine, the Shrewl Glencarab, the Kong. All of this sort of conglomerate of really, really half-baked inbreds. They're all living down there. They're, They're mixing, they're matching. You know... If there was a strain of Galway fever to be mixed with a Mayo fever, there could be a potentially a very dangerous virus coming out of there. But we think things are, you know, they're, they're manageable. As COVID cases drop in the county, Mayo fever cases have skyrocketed since last Sunday, an increase of 1,951% in some areas. We're worried about that side of it, but from the other point of view, it's very clear looking down to the Mayo team sheet that James Horne has built this team to beat Galway. If you look down to the list, it is absolutely loaded with South Mayo crackpots, which I think are, you know, these are the type of players you need. You know, you mentioned Tommy Conroy. Tommy Gowles. Tommy Gowles. He's got skin in the game. He has. Oshin Muglins. Mm-hmm. Stephen Cohn. Mm-hmm. Darren Cohn. Colin Bile. You know, these guys are all from along that you know, war line along between Mayo and Galway. So I think, you know, we're lucky to have these crackpots, as we said, in our side, you know, and maybe that's why Horn, you know, has veered away from North Mayo inbreds and the East Mayo guys as well. Um, you know, I suppose you don't need them against Roscommon because they're shite, but you'll need to be a little bit better now to beat Galway. You won't need to be too much better, of course, because frankly, I don't really give them much of a hope in this one. Not with the way this Mayo team is playing at the minute, but I think, as you said, you got to have guys who have that bit of skin in the game and we have loads of them and I think we're well set up now to give Galway a right rattle on Sunday. Yeah, it's fair to say, Fat Larry, that Sligo gave Galway more of a test last week than we got from Roscommon. But as we go into this game, and we think about what the game will be won and lost on, and the big talking points, and the big matchups, as it were, one of the main issues that we want to talk about is the fact that parity is restored this week. We're going into a clash as the more inbred of the two sides, from a fan base's point of view anyways. We talked about when we were playing Roscommon how tough it would be to be the more metropolitan of the supporters in the in the race. Mm-hmm. But on this occasion, you know, Galway's got the city. It's got the, the, the Galway races, the Volvo Ocean Race, the Arts Festival. Do you know, they get fucking everything. The Spanish Arch. What, what, what do we get in Mayo? We get ignored. Well, we get, you know, a host of really nice playgrounds that, you know... Uh, Michael Ring builds and you know Anil Dinnell is building us a nice new playground in Banal Tubber as well so you know I suppose we're lucky in that our, our grassroots are looked after here in Mayo and that's really coming through now in this Mayo team and you know you talk about matchups now and I think looking ahead to the game the next day you know Galway they have a few dangerous looking forwards now you know one guy who I'd love to see in the Mayo backline the next day is a guy who has proven it time and time again down through the years and that's Rory Birmingham I think he's a fantastic you know player he plays for Westport and he's a guy who we all know, I suppose, very, very well, you know, in that he has, you know, really been 
an excellent player since James Horan started taking over the Westport team and brought him onto the Mayo team recently as well and got paid well to do it. Um, and I'd like to see him now match up against um, Rob Finnerty now the next day. I think he could give him a right good game. And then obviously in the Galway team then as well, um, I'm not too sure who they're fucking around with these times, but I'd say Paul Conroy is probably playing. Um, is Porrick Joyce going to start for them? Well, I think he could. You know, they'll need him because obviously they're without Damien Comer and Ian Burke and they won't be able to rely on Shane Walsh, of course, because he's going to be... Um, Paddy Durkin is going to be detailed to mark him. So, you know, whoever gets um, put on Paddy Durkin, you know, they might as well get a hot water bottle and a box of popcorn and sit in the stand as far as I'm concerned because, you know, they're not going to get a look in. Galway have plenty of options, you know, probably older players than we have now. So, you know, I for one, I'm just hoping that, you know, youth wins the day now, the next day. Well, and, that is one know? of the big differences. We have it going on within our own team, but then in a bigger scale, we have it going on with the Galway team. There's this idea of the youth versus the experience. You know, you name check Fat Larry, Rory Birmingham. What an exciting prospect this guy is. Darren O'Kale, Cuban McBride, Aidan O'Shea. These guys have burst onto the scene. Go on the other side of the things, bit old in the tooth for it now. And even in terms of if you compare the two counties in terms of TikTok abilities. Oh, well, absolutely. And I was just going to mention there, I suppose, you know, Aiden really is like a player reborn this season, you know, because, you know, ever since he was told to stop putting up videos on TikTok, you know, he's really, you know, rejuvenated himself. We saw, a, you know, a real lean, tough um, Aidan O'Shea in the club championship and he seems to have brought that through um, to the Mayo team. And I suppose you know, he probably understands his role a little bit more now as a senior player. He's kind of looking around the changing room going, well, you know, if Mark Moran is putting up stupid videos on TikTok, you know, I need to take a bit of a look at myself now. You know, I'm 35 years of age and I've played in countless All-Ireland finals. You know, I kind of need to you know, maybe grow up a small bit. So, like, it looks like it's something has hit home with Aiden. And, I've know, noticed a big difference. He's trying a bit harder. You know, he's he's looking lean, you have to say. And he's, you know, he's tracking his man and he's not doing as much giving out anymore. So, you know, I think, you know, Aiden is looking well and he's kind of, he's almost like a new player in this Mayo team this year and seems to be happy with current management. So that's good. Since he stopped putting in the six or seven or eight hours a day into TikTok and started to focus a bit more on the, Football side of things, training, oh, uh, stretching, kicking the ball again, the gable wall, all of the main fulcrums, all of the main things that you need to do to be a successful intercounty player like myself and yourself were back in our day. But now it's not our time, it's time for these youth and these youthful guys. If they can get that balance right between TikTok and Gaelic football so that they're not overcommitting to one because nobody wants to see these young lads focusing on football too much either. They have to have a social life. They have to have... I suppose, a bit of self-promotion and self-publication and, you know, be there to be making a few jokes on the online platforms. And who are we, Fat Larry, to chastise anyone over trying to make a joke in an online setting? It's a very tough thing to do in this day and age. Merton hit me in an unmeasurable one. Did you deserve it? No, no, no. No. Why? I got up. You hit him back. No, I didn't hit him back at all. I hit him back with one four. One four? One goal and four pints. Come back and fucking Why? Because I was simply the best of the time. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. You understand that, don't you? One goal and four pints. One goal and four pints. You understand that, don't you? I hit him back with one four. Absolutely. Now, at this point in the podcast, I'd like to take a moment to say up mayo absolutely it's one of the most underutilized and underappreciated phrases I think you could ever say. You know, just. And up Mayo in general, not just in terms of football, you know, we said you're just up Mayo to fuck uh, all the time, you know, mm. in whatever that way might manifest itself. Now, one of the things that I've been manifesting myself over the last few days thinking about is 
And, you know, we're going to quote a dear, dear friend of the podcast and a firm fan and follower of the page by all accounts. And that is ex-Tishi Enda Kenny, who jumped on to a radio interview this week to absolutely chastise the GEA and in particular the dubs. And that's something we love to see. Having a go at the big wigs, the big knobs and the big dicks that sit up in Crow Park HQ. Pat Gilroy, Bertie Ahern, Kieran Whelan, Jason Sherlock, these guys and their 16 millions They'd make you sick to the pit of your stomach. Like we hear about this great Dublin team. Oh, they won five in a row. They won five in a row. They won all those fucking games at home. They mm. never even had to leave their own country. For example, now, we're not calling for Mayo to have the next five All-Ireland finals in Castlebar because we, we know for a fact yeah. we'd do worse there than we do up in Dublin. There should be neutral venues. We've been calling for it here for years. And of course, these calls always fall on deaf ears. But we're going to keep shouting. We'll keep shouting even louder. And... To go along with the up Mayo sentiment I shared earlier on, I'd like to make another comment. Fuck the dubs. Absolutely. And as you said, fair play to Enda. Now, albeit, he's having a right go at those big Dublin dicks who are cheesing themselves above in the capital there. So, you know, I suppose what we can only say is to our current political leaders, you know, the likes of Anil Dinnell and Miguel Ring and these guys. Dara Celery. Yes, of course. You know, you guys could use your position now. Don't wait till it's all done and don't go waiting until, you know, you know, you're retired and on your pension now. You should do it now while you get the chance. Call out the injustices as you see it. And one of the great injustices in this country, as far as I can see now at the minute... You know, maybe I'm a little, my, my view is a little bit skewed, but I think it's a disgrace how Dublin, you know, are playing at home all the time and getting the 16 million as well. I think it's a shambles. It's an absolute disgrace, but sure, what's new? And a joke. Now, this team is bolstered by the return of our 69th man. We also have the return of our 16th man. Yeah, we, did, we, we didn't see that coming last week. You know, we, we assumed he, you know, had decided to take a bit of a break, you know, but it was, it was very heartening to see him. And it's, it just kind of gives you that kind of cushion knowing that you have your 16th man there. Other counties won't have the that. They won't. Galway won't have that. They won't. You know, as far as I can see, Galway can, you know, line out whatever way they want. But, you know, that... You know, game in Tume from a few weeks ago is going to be very much in the forefront of their minds now in Tume Stadium the next day. You know, Mayo gave them a right rim in that day above in Tume Stadium and it was only, you know, a few short weeks ago. So that's bound to have, you know, a very big effect on a, a group of amateur footballers. And, you know, I think looking at this Mayo team, they only seem to be getting better looking sense. Like, I mean, you know, that game was four or five weeks ago now and you know Oshin Mullen he's getting more hair into that ponytail got Owen McLaughlin there who's looking more half-baked by the week you know which is fantastic to see Stephen Cohen I've said it here up on this podcast many times and I'll repeat it again there would be no finer sight you could ask for watching Mayo football than seeing Stephen Cohen driving towards the opposition's goal rather than towards the sideline and we saw it in the hide the last day and I've no doubt now we're going to see it again this weekend linear football so Stephen if you're tuning in keep going now and you know maybe this is the year where you you know a premium Mayo player having you know been one of our hot prospects now for so long you know so I think it bodes really well for us and I think we look good looking and as we said earlier even the likes of Lee Keegan and these guys looking scruffy and inbred, you know, to put in the hard graft. I think we've got a great chance now of winning our first Connacht final since when? 1950 was the last time that we won a final in Connacht, ending in a zero against Galway. And you'll remember, folks, in 1950, I'm pretty sure the Spanish flu Spanish was going flu, around. Yes. And also, we all know what happened that year. Mayo won the All-Arnold. The Omens are scarily good, folks. Scarily good. But let's jump into a little bit more recent memory. And this is something that the long-term listeners and followers of the podcast will be familiar with us having quite a penchant for talking about this particular issue. And we did say earlier on that we were going to allude to it later. And that is the curse of Homeli. And, Fadlari, I know that 
you have thought about this almost every day since 2015. So oh, you should right, have a good yeah. insight on it. So the the Mayo curse of 2015, much more interesting in my opinion than the Mayo curse of 1951. Um, it was an old gypsy lady who was living um, out the far side, out the back of the golf Careful course. Careful now, Fat Larry. Careful now. You can't say lady because that's sexist. Sorry. So you have to say an old gypsy. Sorry, so there was an old gypsy out the back of the golf course there, you know, off out there near Banaltubber. I was out for a walk one evening and she just told me that this Mayo team wouldn't win another Connacht Senior Football Championship until Andy Moran, Anil Dinnell and Donald Drake were dropped off the Mayo team. And thankfully, James Horan did the needful and dropped them off the team. And now Mayo lo and behold are back in the Connacht final in a team backboned by players who Pat produced through the Westport under 21 team over the last couple of years and I think this win now this inevitable win at the weekend against Galway would just be you know vindication to guys you know guys like Dougie and Pat and Tom Kniff who of course was so appalled by what happened in Ballyhane Clubhouse that he fled the country and moved to America but he was a Homely sympathiser and there was a few other sympathisers there as well I believe a few of them in the Ford Fiesta would have been very much in the pro Homely camp so you know it'd be vindication for these guys it's like well we supported Pat out in Ballyhane we stuck to our guns and you know sure enough it's come through that when Dinnell Drake and Mornin were dropped, which they have been this year against their will, that the curse will be over and Mayo would win Connacht, of course, during the COVID-19 as well, which was part of the, I'm pretty sure was part of the curse as well, now as I think of it. Connacht would be enough, lads. It's been a long, long time coming since we let's had one. greedy now. So let's you know? not get greedy. Let's focus in and hone in on this game. You have to treat every single podcast like it might be your last. Uh, not podcast, football match, like it might be your last. You need to have the approach when you wake up on Sunday morning. Get on the beer early. Have a few cans. As we said last week, you know, a lot of people like watching the Mayo game with no tops on. But we had a couple of callers who got on to us and said they love wearing a Mayo jersey, but they don't wear anything from the waist down. So there's different ways of Mm. supporting this Mayo team. And in fairness, you know, we never won an All-Ireland clothed in Crow Park. So if we all get it off at home and you know, kind of manifest ourselves into some sort of a Mayo kind of half-naked, you know, super fan group, you know, we could, you know, we could put it up to anyone. But I suppose at this point of the podcast, it's worth pausing for reflection. I know you mentioned the support and the support of Homelli and whatever else, but we want to thank our support and the supporters of the supporters. You are the Corja, Mayo are back. You've been getting in touch in your droves this week. We've sent cards out far and wide. We've sent cards to Belgium. There's inbreds in Belgium suffering such high rates of isolated mayo fever that the only known cure for that man was three Corge mayo or back cards. And now we can only assume as well, you know, we're lucky here, I suppose, to live in an island nation where you can somewhat maybe contain mayo fever, but... I mean, when you start hearing of, you know, Mayo fever cases on the continent, you know, that's not seriously worrying. But at the same time, it's fucking brilliant because that means the team is going well and it's going to spread far and wide now. It's going to spread off into, you know, Holland and Germany and all over. And I think, you know, we've always said when Mayo fever is at its most rampant, this Mayo team is at its best, you know, and I think... It's looking very promising now. And I do think the international listeners of this podcast, as much as a paradox as it sounds, the international listeners are by far and away the most inbred ones because they have to redefine their inbredness every single time they wake up in the morning because, you know, they're not like myself and yourself, Fat Larry. You put two of us into the same room, inbredness goes through the roof. But somebody out on the continent like that, they need the little bit of a comfort of a cordial mayo or back they card. Do, yeah. And if you want to get one of those cards, send us a DM at Instagram or Twitter at Mayo or Back. And let's say a big thank you to our sponsors of the cards. If you ever need a plastic card for any reason, if you need one of those cards to try and unlock the Ballyhane Clubhouse at some point, get on to ADC.ie for all your card making needs. If you are a mayo inbred, crackpot half-baked, fully blown unwell, whether you're listening in Bunny Conlon or Bangkok, Malaysia or Moigauna, 
One of these cards is exactly what you need and it is proven to improve Mayo Fever by making it an awful lot worse. So, you know, get on it, get one of them and let's get behind our boys and be, you know, I think we're going to need to be more inbred than ever seeing as we can't get inside the stadium. The players are going to have to hear us and see us from outside the stadium. So let's, you know, work really hard now and be really inbred all the time. And, you know, if you're in work now, whether you work with Mayo people or not, you have to talk about it all the time and you have to refuse to talk about anything else. Wear your jersey. Don't wear your trousers if you're working from home. Just work with your Mayo jersey on, um, like Ming Flanagan would have told us many times before, and get right behind the lads now and up Mayo. At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Uh, it's just about going out and making sure they're ready when the ball's thrown in at 3.30. We have um, a very, very experienced group of players who have great leaders among them, you know what I mean, right throughout the pitch or whatever. So, you know, it's not about messages before the players go out on the pitch because, you know, they're, as I've said all along, they're an experienced group of players. At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Now, one of the most positive pieces of news and a real good news story that came out this week was news of the fact that Mayo Fever cases need not fear anymore. There is good news on the way. There is a vaccination coming. You heard this, Fat Larry. Mm. Pfizer announced the details, the first plan of their vaccination. It's going to be administered in two steps to anyone suffering from Mayo fever. The first is going to be a microdose administered on Sunday at around 1.30. And it's going to be in the form of a little bit of a Tommy Nestor cup. And that should be enough for Mayo Halfbakes to get us through the tough winter months, the next couple of weeks, and get us as far as mid-December when the real vaccine and the only vaccine we need is going to come and that vaccine you know as well as I do is Sam fucking Maguire and in the short term as well it's always important as well to give people a sense of hope I have to say you know that one thing that would really sort out a good dose of Mayo fever now and might get us that all Ireland that we need and you'll end this you know misery magic whatever way you tend to look at it you know if we can see, you know, the big cock up front for Mayo, you know, shooting a load, getting goals and turning the ball over. That's one of the best cures for Mayo fever because that's what's going to win us the non-Arnold now in December and that's what will solve all of us for good. Never mind the old vaccine now. That's what we need. Sam is the best cure for Mayo fever and if cock keeps shooting us that way, you know, I think we have a great... We have a great chance now. Fat Larry, you sound like a mixture of Michael D. McAndroid and Martin Carney on All-Ireland Final Sunday. You are frothing at the mouth and everywhere else, I assume. I'm Listen, I don't know who gave me this job or how I got it in the first place, but I should not be allowed next to near a microphone. At all, really. But in particular, so close to a big Mayo game. I don't know how I got in position. I don't know how it started, to be honest. And I don't know how it's kept going on this long. But I'm sure that's just because, you know, the players have, you know, just not gone that final step. But I I think now I'm feeling very, very good. And provided our players forget about the opposition, forget about the dubs, forget about Rachi above and Donegal... Our biggest rival is ourselves here. And if our players can manage to stay off the TikTok and not make a fool of themselves and stay on the panel, we have got a great chance of winning a non-Arnold. We've got a great chance. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be a Mayo supporter. The green above the red. I just love it. Every time I see that Mayo flag... Oh, I just can't get enough of it at the moment. Sure, look, we have a Mayo man in the White House. The Pope is a Mayo supporter. The greatest pirate queen to ever tour the Western seaboard was a Mayo woman. She was. The highest scorer in in ladies' football championship was a woman. The highest scorer in men's football championship is our cock. Everything is coming up Mayo at the moment. And Mayo are magic. I believe, anyways. Correct me if I'm wrong, Fat Larry. Are Mayo magic? They're absolutely magic. They're fabulous and they're wonderful. And I'm, you know, 
at a stage now I'm I'm just gone cracked stonewall mad for Mayo and I you know I intend on keeping this nice little run going week on week right through to the Christmas I'm sure we'll have Sam then and we'll have Santi coming and it'll be like all our Christmases coming at once and as Joe Biden said to Hall Martin Mayo are gonna fucking win the Sam man absolutely always up Mayo you know I've been saying it a lot this week now I have to say up Mayo and of course Mayo do 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 let's not forget it well said Fat Larry now we've been manifesting each other and ourselves and yourselves over the last (laughs) we've been manifesting each other for a very long time here today and we've come to the end of the road of sorts for myself and Fat Larry we now want to turn the spotlight to you the inbreds who have supported of us, supported us, some of us from very much day one, and you're still here and you're on board and you're very quick to get your questions, comments, opinions and observations into the page. We're going to read through a handful of them now and we'll just share with, you know, the mayor public at large what some of the smaller subsections of Mayo inbreds are thinking. We feel like this will be very beneficial and a very cathartic process with Mayo fever going on at the moment. Absolutely, and there's some great ones coming in on the on the airwaves. The first one comes in from um you know the the daughter of a well-known uh, Mayo statesman and she is wondering along with by the looks of it five or six other people Will Galway bait Mayo? And I think that question is kind of answered categorically, really, in this podcast. There's absolutely no way Galway are beating this Mayo team and up Mayo now. And can't wait now to beat Cork in the semi-final. Not that we're looking ahead, but anyways. Another question comes in here, and it's a nice one, I think. It kind of is one of those ones... It's not really, it's kind of to do with football, but it's it's not really. And it just says, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the most inbred of them all? Mm. It's a really tough question um, because I suppose we're blessed really in this county to have an awful lot of inbreds. You know, I think we've, you know, set ourselves apart from other counties the last number of years um, biggest inbred well I suppose Andy Moran is a very big inbred isn't he you know the way he's now kind of retired from the Mayo team but is you know you're still seeing him more and hearing him more than you ever did you know which I suppose is the natural progression from Mayo senior player onto retired Mayo player who do you think who would be your vote I just think that you know you're living in the past there if you're saying someone like Adney Mornan on the viewing of everything we've seen this year and the way that these lads have performed so far Oh McLaughlin for me mm. you said last week Fat Larry he's one of the most exciting half bakes you've seen unearthed in quite some time and there is a look of a young Leroy about this guy or you know a young Cullen Boyle maybe a mixture of the two and it, I'm telling you it's a deadly mix we have a lot of good footballers in Mayo we have even more inbreds in the county but it's very rare that you get footballer high class footballer and massive inbred in one person and like that's a lethal combination you know and his club base Lee Keegan obviously was one of those Um, and I think he's heading in the right way for sure yeah now there's a comment that's come in here that's caught my eye and they're wondering why is James Horan such a big fan of cock? That question was answered for us live on air on RTE last Sunday. You know, it's the type of stuff that usually you would see after hours, maybe at half nine on a Sunday night on RTE or, you know, maybe on normal people or stuff like that. But the cock just blew the load all over <laughs> Roscommon. One nine, was it, that he kicked or something to that He had to stand up and be counted. He did. And the cock stood tall. He shot the lights out. He left Roscommon in a right state after. But I've always said the cock, he always scores. Every time he goes out, he scores. Now, can you give a shout out to Connor Coleman who got engaged? He's a big fan inbred. Oh, very good. Connor, this is great news. We want to say well done and congratulations. I presume he's engaged to one of the young male players or maybe you just have to assume maybe he's engaging himself to Tommy Nestor on the on the basis of Mayo playing this Sunday he wants to get married to Tommy Nestor Cup after the I game I suppose as Shane said in the comment there how are you Shane you know it's great to see Connor Coleman who he calls himself a fat inbred getting married you know I hope that myself someday can maybe get married but 
sitting in this chair manifesting myself all over this mic I find it hard to see how that'll happen in the short term but hopefully someone out there there's bound to be some crackpot listening and of course DM the page if you are let me know I'd be surprised now if there was but you never know Fat Larry is married to the game I, I just love it so much you do love it and you have to love it you oh, yeah. have to love this sport you have to really love it to do what we're doing here now you have to really love it now, there's a really pertinent question that's coming in. And this is a question we would have asked ourselves over the course of the podcast, but we saw it here. We kept one eye on it. We said we'd save it for now for the Q&A inbred fan zone section that the inbreds really love. And they've really lived up to their name tonight now, I have to say. Well done to anyone who got in touch. There's been some absolute crackers. This one now is, this one now is a real talking point. And the question is about Damien Cummer. And, you know, he's a big inbred guy that we don't know whether he's fit, injured or whatever, which way. But but this one Mayo fan in particular is wondering, is Comer going to come all over the Mayo full bake line? Well, the first thing I have to say and commend the the texter in on this one, the you know, the term full bake is a real, like, that's a term of endearment. I think that's a, you know, a really, really good one that we're definitely going to use going forward. I don't think so. I think... Um, Damien Comer looks like he's out the game the next day. I think he was deemed too big to be on this Galway team. Um, you know, and that's good for us now because he would have caused us a lot of grief down through the years now. But I think, you know, with young Oshin Muglins and Keegan and Barrett there now, great to see Chris Barrett back as well. You know, it's nice to see that even though the big Bell Mullet bomber playing above in Clontarf in Dublin now he hasn't forgotten his inbred Mayo roots and he's back in the full back line which is great and I would say that he'll have a handle on any full forward that Galway put on this weekend brilliant and Fat Larry the last question for me and one of the last things we're going to say on the podcast now is not a question in so much as it is a totally baseless rumour that we can confirm already is definitely not true but take it whichever way you want it maybe it's just a suggestion and the suggestion is what's your verdict on the fact that Mark Moran had his head shaved by James Horan as a punishment for some of his TikTok videos that he'd been putting up well I think it's nice to see James use a bit of discretion here now because of course there's a lot of you know inbreds out there going on about players being dropped off the panel Oh, that's James texting me now. Um, there's a lot of rumours going out there. And, you know, I think those inbreds now would want to take a good long look at themselves because, you know, it's not the type of shite talk we need. That's not the type of good shite talk you want now the week of a Connacht final. You want to be bigging these lads up and encouraging these guys because we know well, lads, Mayo players have been celebrities off the field and on the internet in more recent times for years and years. And it has never affected them winning kind of titles, obviously, until the Homelli curse of a few years ago. So if you're going to blame anything now for Mayo losing kind of titles, blame the books who got us the curse, not TikTok. That's not the problem. I think the fans need to open their eyes and they need to realise that now is not the time to be overly critical of the players' performances or James Horan's haphazard tactics or even criticising the county board for their downright disgusting corruption. Now is the time to turn the blind eye to all of those things. That's, yeah. And firmly set your focus and your sights on glory. Connacht and then all Arnold final victories and glories. And ignore all the problems lying beneath our cracks and just be blind by the Mayo fever. Let the green and red mist descend. Think of the number 69 th- this week. Every night before you go to bed, Think of the number 69 and again when you wake up in the morning, think about the importance and the significance of that number. If you're lucky enough to be lying beside your loved one like myself and Fat Larry will be lying down tonight for a little cuddle and a Mayo chat, we will have 69 on our minds all throughout the night. And this Mayo team will as well. Definitely. Until that curse is broken. Don't make excuses for yourself now for being so inbred and you want to just like tell everyone you know these lies on whatsapp and whatever just relax calm down and get yourself ready for the game the next day now so i'm talking to the fans in particular now you need to prepare yourself get your head in the game get your finger out get off the phone and 
Get your preparation right. And don't be just scrolling up and down Twitter. Do something productive with your time. Make a bizarre Mayo meme, for example. Mm. Or you know what? Even better than that again, write a little song, a little Mayo ditty. Pen a little Mayo song. And in fairness, as my, you know, I was always told... (laughs) I was told, Fat Larry, you're a Mayo inbred, right? And you can't change that. There's nothing you can do about it, no matter what you try or what they put you on. You're going to be stonewall cracked about mayo all your life. So why not use your mayo inbreedness for good? So put it to use. So if you're on social media, you know, put up a, a tweet, make a meme, you know, get half-baked in whatever way that manifests itself and get behind the mayo team on Sunday now and we're going to win the first Connacht title and we're going to put the Homeli curse as much as we wouldn't like it to end to bed and we're going to win a comic title and we're going to all drink out of the Paddy Nestor cup in our own living rooms on Sunday evening. Now speaking of putting things to bed it's time that this podcast was very much put to bed in whatever way is uh, suitable. Uh, I'm going to need to be put into some sort of a sensory tent for a few hours but that's what it takes and then I'll be right as rain again for Sunday. If you got to this point in the podcast, you are one of the most devoted listeners we've come across. We'd like to congratulate you. We hope that the Mayo moon greets you at night and the Mayo sun shines upon your backs in the morning. And may your halfbacks always fly up the pitch with intensity and may all your games against Galway end in victory. That's our Mayo blessing for today. Go now and be as inbred as you possibly can on social media and in every walk of life between now and the time Tommy Nestor has come back to his rightful home.